How tech companies creating generative AI tools are trying to turn hype into profits, venture funding in Asia has reached equilibrium in Q3, and Birkenstock sees the worst IPO debut by a unicorn in nearly two years. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. Every big tech company seems to be all in on AI right now, but an important and daunting question has arisen. Can AI hype turn into profit? Generative AI tools offered by the biggest tech providers are helping businesses across the world become more efficient and productive, but they aren't cheap to run, and businesses are finding that they can't sustainably pay for the tools for all their employees. And it's not because the tech companies have been marking up the price. According to a Wall Street Journal article by Tom Dotton and Deepa Sitha Raman, Microsoft has been losing money on one of its first-gen AI products, which means Microsoft now needs to mark up the price, which both they and Google have said they plan to do when offering even more expensive paid upgrades to their AI products. This is likely to further the gap between the cost of the products and what businesses are capable of paying for them. But it's still early days for AI adoption and implementation. Chris Young, Microsoft's head of corporate strategy, believes that, quote, it will take time for companies and consumers to understand how they will want to use AI and what they are willing to pay for it, unquote. One solution could be for tech companies to provide cheaper, less powerful AI tools to businesses. Many businesses use tools like GPT-4, which eats up considerable amounts of expensive compute power. But much of the time, workplace tasks do not need a resource anywhere near the power of GPT-4. The journals Tom and Deepa write that using GPT-4 to summarize an email is like getting a Lamborghini to deliver a pizza. For more on how tech companies can turn a profit with AI, I spoke with Jeff Grabo. Hi, this is Jeff Grabo. I'm Ernst & Young's U.S. Venture Capital Leader. It's great to be here today. Great to have you, Jeff. AI customers are not pleased with how expensive Gen AI models are to run. Do you think cost will be a real barrier to entry over the next few years for small and big companies who can't afford the tech? I think we're going to see costs come down. I mean, there's two components to the cost. There's the cost to train the models, and we and we think that should come down. And then there's a cost to use, and we think that should also go down via some of the, the models and the technology that we're seeing deployed. AI hype has never been bigger, but transforming hype into adoption is no simple task. How are you seeing the tech industry approach the adoption problem? Well, I think this is a, when you get to tra- uh, transform transformative technology like Gen AI, it's always the case. And I think that it's overhyped in the near term and probably underhyped in the long. I think it's about finding, you know, the the initial use cases. And we've got a lot of use cases that we're seeing with our clients in sales and service, contract reviews, supply chain. So it's finding those first nuggets where you can get the um, the, the exponential return on your investment and, and then leverage that further into the business. Jeff, you mentioned use cases. Could you share more about the specific use cases you're seeing for AI in the workplace right now? Yeah, and talking to our teams, it's you know we uh, on call, you know call centers. You know we're able to summarize. You know have uh, used Gen AI to summarize notes from a, from calls and make suggestions based upon content of the calls. Um, contract review, able to you know review contracts, have them summarized, have key points pulled out, and things like of that nature. Jeff, last question. The Wall Street Journal's Tom Dotton and Deepa Sitha Raman say that using GPT to summarize an email is like getting a Lamborghini to deliver a pizza. Do you think we'll see the emergence of less powerful but less costly AI tools for businesses to use for the simpler workplace tasks? Yeah, we do. I think it gets back to kind of the first, what we talked about earlier of, you know, as you deploy some, is the cost go down to training some of these models? 
and to use the models. I think that will transform into lower cost solutions that will be more widely adopted. That was Jeff Grabo, U.S. Venture Capital Leader at Ernst & Young. Thanks so much, Jeff. Great to have you on the podcast. Okay, thank you. Venture capital markets in Asia appear to have found equilibrium after six straight quarters of discouraging returns. Crunchbase News reports that Asian startup funding in Q3 of 2023 is almost even in dollar volume when compared to Q3 of last year, and funding has seen an 8% increase from Q2 of this year. Markets look like they have made a recovery from the recent dip and have returned to an equilibrium. Deal volume, however, has continued to fall. With only 1,518 deals announced in Q3, Deal flows experienced a near-consistent decline in Asia since Q4 of 2021. It's down 17% from last quarter. The Crunchbase report also highlights the big uptick in late-stage and growth dollar volume, the big downturn in early-stage funding, and what it all means. But who better to tell you all that than the author of the report himself, Chris Matinko. Uh, this is Chris Matinko uh, with Crunchbase News. Chris, why do you think dollar volume has reversed course and is headed up into the right while deal volume is steadily declining as it has been since late 2021? Yeah, I mean, that, there definitely is is a contrast between deal flow right now and and the actual money uh, that's that's being spent on some of these rounds. I think one of the things that is is boosting, um, you know, just overall venture funding in Asia uh, are just obviously some of the the, the big industries, be they semiconductors. Uh, uh, energy storage, uh, EV, especially kind of battery, um, battery solutions and whatnot. Um, I think that explains some of some of the, the growth you, you've just seen in, in dollars. I mean, some of the growth rounds uh, are, are very large uh, this last quarter, a, a couple over a billion dollars, in fact. And that's really, I think, helped pump up the, the, the money side of things. Late stage is definitely, I think, or I'm sorry, um, on the other side, kind of deal volume, I think, is definitely something that is concerning. Deal volume really has dropped, especially since kind of the heydays of, of 2021, which are outliers. But nevertheless, I mean, you're, you're talking about like more than 50% of deals, 50% less deals getting done than kind of those all-time highs. Um and I, I just think that right now, I think investors, at, at least especially you know overseas, they're putting their money. I think in a lot of these late stage growth companies or late late stage growth companies that are definitely uh, in very hot sectors right now. Like I said, like batteries, EV, energy storage, uh, and sem- semiconductors are just huge right now. With obviously everything that's going on with AI, late stage and growth rounds really boosted Q3's funding numbers in Asia. There's been a 51% uptick in such rounds compared to one year ago. What do you think late stage and growth rounds were up so much in Q3? You know, I, I, I would be speculating, um, but I, I think some of my speculation is probably correct. Um, I, I do think that uh, sometimes investors definitely look at some of these uh, late stage growth companies as, as safer bets. They obviously are in, the, in a market. They have a plan. They have a strategy. Uh, they're, they're generating revenue. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, obviously we, we've seen, especially China right now, right, obviously is the largest market, the largest venture market in Asia. You know, with, with U.S. investors pulling out of Asia, I am kind of curious if maybe some of the LPs now in Asia are somewhat newer to the venture market, the venture capital field, and maybe they're looking for kind of short bets. They're looking to put their money kind of in late stage growth companies. Uh, that have shown potential instead of kind of maybe going to some of the seed angel 
early uh, early stage companies that obviously have a have a lot of room for growth, but obviously a lot of a lot of downside risk too. Um, and so I, I wonder if maybe there uh, late stage growth rounds might be a safe haven for some of these investors right now. On the other side of that coin are early stage rounds, which are down fifty one percent in dollar volume since last year in Q three. If early stage deal flow and dollar volume can make a comeback in Q four, do you think we'll see Asian venture markets roar back to life? Yeah, I, that is, I think, the biggest downside I see in looking at the data right now, uh, if you are a, a venture investor in Asia, the one concerning aspect is definitely deal flow. Like I said, deal flow, there were more than 3,000 deals announced in 2021 overall. In, in, I'm sorry, in Q, I think it was Q4 of 2021. You know, you're now down in Q3 of, of this year of 2023. You're now down to just about 1,500. So you're, you're talking about more than a, about a 50% decline. Um, and obviously, that that's even that's shown up definitely in the kind of the seed and angel. But like you said, especially the early stage, I think that's like I said, that's a huge concern because eventually those early stage companies that are raising money, you know, those are the companies that will be raising the large rounds in the in the near future, in the next two three years, that really pump up that um, those late stage growth numbers, uh, which which really boost the overall funding numbers, right? Those are the rounds that really move the needle when you look at the overall total funding numbers. And um, and if if you're seeing less money right now invested into early stage startups, there that means that there's going to be less that succeed. There's going to be less that get that get funded, less that then that succeed, and and less that make it to that 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 large growth. Um, growth round uh, where right now investors are, are putting a lot of their money. Chris, last question. Now that Asian markets have returned to equilibrium, do you anticipate an incoming return to a flourishing venture market? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, in all honesty, I, I would, I'm very curious to see kind of how the year ends and next year begins. I, I think you have a couple things, right, that are really going to affect the kind of Asia venture market. Asia is such a huge region, obviously, and you have a lot of very diverse countries there with that face their own kind of economic or geopolitical issues. And I think while the numbers right now point to kind of having a maybe a flattening out and, and maybe as the, as the world economy gets better, maybe you'll start to see that kind of increase. I think there's obviously a lot of things that can hold back the market that we're kind of starting to head head toward here. I mean, obviously, geopolitical tensions between China and the U.S. will play a huge role in that market moving forward. Uh, a lot of U.S. investors have already put, put, pulled out of China, even before kind of that executive order that, that President Biden signed. Um, and obviously, you know, the news of the weekend with what's happening in Israel. Israel is the, sec- is, is the third biggest market normally uh, in Asia for venture capital. Um, so, you know, while if, if, it, if, it, if it falls a billion dollars, that might not affect funding a ton. It will affect funding numbers, though, a little in the, that region, when you, especially when you consider kind of the just the, the plethora of cybersecurity companies and other tech startups that, that Israel is really great at fostering. Uh, so obviously, you kind of just have to keep an eye on kind of the world stage and what's going on there. Um, and, you know, if, if things play out, I think, as we're all hoping, uh, maybe the Asian market does war back um, even better if, if, it, if it plays out, obviously, in, in, a, in a way that, that, that none of us would like to see and, and things get worse. Uh, you know, it could still be rocky times. We could even see this kind of flattening out start to, start to dip. That was Chris Matinko, senior reporter for Crunchbase News. Thanks, Chris. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Have a good one.
Birkenstock experienced an underwhelming IPO debut yesterday as its stock opened at a 12% dip under its initial listing price. Share price fell from $46 to $40 upon open and stayed around the $40 mark throughout the day. According to data from the London Stock Exchange Group, Birkenstock's 12% dip is the worst debut by a unicorn in nearly two years. The disappointing first day from the German sandal maker reveals continued caution from investors about the IPO market. Birkenstock joins Arm, Instacart, and Clavio in turbulent public markets. Although Birkenstock had the worst debut day of the four, Instacart's share price is sitting nearly 17% below its listing price as of Wednesday night. Arm's price has been fairly stable at around 7% above list price, and Clavio continues to perform the best of the group at 12% above initial list price. Thomas Hayes, chairman at Great Hill Capital, explained that what Birkenstock's IPO quote shows is that the valuations they are putting on these companies make absolutely zero sense, particularly when you're in a down market when there's so many other bargain opportunities available, unquote. Investors are likely to wait until the IPO dust settles before we can get a clearer idea of how markets are performing. Adventure Daily will continue to watch the biggest names debuting in the public market and whether they fail to live up to their valuations. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.